Welcome to the Defenders podcast, the fan podcast about the Marvel Netflix series. I'm Claire. <laughs> I'm a professor of Kilgrave. <laughs> a professor of Kilgraveism, Robin. Yes. <laughs> Matt and Mel are not here because they did not. <laughs> yeah, you have to wear a purple suit at the University of Kilgrave, apparently. <laughs> you wear like a purple like graduation outfit. Matt and Mel did not graduate from the University of Kilgraveism, so they're not here this week, unfortunately. Although they're going to hopefully graduate later and join us. Um, but to make up for, for Matt and Mel that we are lacking, we have a very special guest, Jason. Yay. Oh, I need to give you alliteration. It's the, oh, Jazzy Jason is with us. Yay. We give everyone claps, Jason. Notice, notice how she did the, I'm the Jazzy Jason, a.k.a. I'm the black guy, so I'm Jazzy Jeff. I need a fresh prince. I need a fresh prince. Jazzy is like the only word I can think of that begins with J that's kind of like a, a Stan Lee word. It's like, uh, jubilant? Uh, what other words are there? Jolly. Jolly. You can be the Jolly Jason. That's fine. That's fine. <laughs> the Jolly that's Jazzy Jason. It sounds like Jason. big things are jolly, you know? I'm pretty good. <laughs> the jolly, like the Jolly Green Giant, which is terrifying. Did you guys have the Jolly Green Giant? in america by the way yeah yes we did and i was always yeah see man the jolly jingle giant may, made me question things as a child which yeah. which your can of vegetables shouldn't because i'm like wait a minute wait so are we so he's a jolly green giant and he kind of looks like a green bean so are we eating him like did we just <laughs> murder this dude and put him in cans and just call it food it's cannibalism i, I was just freaked out by it's a green giant who's like telling you to eat your greens i'm like oh like I don't know. Just we also murder his child sprout. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> see, see, oh, we're, we're savage beasts. Savage beasts. It goes along with. I just saw Revenant last night, so it's. Oh, oh it's great. Jason, movie. we need to talk about that. Oh, so good. Yeah, the most Revenant. Leo doesn't the listeners, get an Oscar I, for that movie. I thought he was better. Sorry, just off topic. Every all the listeners, I thought Leo was better in The Wolf of Wall Street <laughs> than in Revenant. But Revenant is the the visually most gorgeous film I've seen in the last ten years. See, so I loved him. See, I liked him in Gatsby. Like people didn't like Gatsby, Gatsby, and I loved him in Gatsby. I thought he was a great Gatsby, but people didn't like that movie for some reason. And then Wolf of Wall Street, they were like, "No, he's just being himself, so that doesn't count as acting." And I'm just like, "Well, crap! What can he do? Oh wait, <laughs> he can go torment himself in the wilderness. He gets mauled <laughs> he by a bear. Outcast twice. himself in the wilderness." I was like, mm. "Well, listeners, let us know what your favorite Leonardo DiCaprio performance is." Um, in your feedback, I'd love to hear week. what you guys. I'd love to hear what you guys think about uh, what Marvel superhero could Leonardo DiCaprio uh, play and win an Oscar ooh, for. Ooh, <laughs> ooh, that's a good question. Something, something, yeah. something to chew on. Yeah, let us know, guys. I'm thinking now. I'm like, it'd have to be. I think someone smooth and kind of debonair, a bit Gatsby-like. I don't see, know. If I'm gonna think. see if it was DC, I'd say Booster Gold, right? Either e- oh, either nice. it's him, it's either him or Nathan Fillion for Booster Gold. Nathan, Nathan <laughs> Fillion and Alan Tudyk for Blue Beetle. Come on, it's got to be done. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, anyway, swinging back to Marvel. Um, I have to ask you, Jason. You were saying Giant Man. What? What? <laughs> Sorry. Leonardo DiCaprio, or are you saying that Jason is Giant Man? <laughs> No. <laughs> or have you just got superhero named Tourette? So what's happening? It's probably a little bit of both. Yeah, that's fine. It's Marvel superhero Tourette's. He can't, play, oh, he can't play Giant Man because Giant Man is also Ant Man, which is Hank Pym. Yeah. And he could be the other. Who was the other Ant Man that nobody loves? There's the other Ant Man that no one loves. There's like Hank Pym, Scott Lang, and then the other one. I can't remember his name. It's terrible. I'm a terrible uh, Marvel yeah. fan. Oh, damn. Um, <laughs> but Jason, you were saying before that you have watched all of you watched all of Daredevil and all of Jessica Jones in quite close 
proximity to each other. Absolutely. So you're an expert on both, which is cool. <laughs> uh, I don't think expert would be the term to describe me on anything other than anime. But um, but no, I did. I totally mainlined uh, Daredevil because I watched like half of Daredevil and I stopped for some reason. I think it was because I was playing Destiny or Diablo. Um, <laughs> and um, when I saw Jessica Jones about to come out, I was like, oh, crap. And I was like, I need to catch up. And so I mainlined Daredevil, finished it off, and I, I still think – Daredevil has probably the best fight choreography and cinematography period of any Marvel production. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. That long, the long hallway scene where he rescues the kid reminds me of a a Asian film uh, called, uh, what's it? Uh, Oh boy! Oh boy! Thank you, thank yeah. you. <laughs> the hammer, the hammer yeah, scene. Yeah. yeah. And it is, it is just great because it's just Daredevil and a bunch of stunt dudes going yeah. at it. Yeah. It's beautiful. But, but <laughs> Jessica Jones blew me away for so many other reasons. Because one, super awesome female. Mm-hmm. Um, you can't go wrong with a female character like Jessica Jones. I mean, it's it, she's great. But I was trying to think of a, any other show, especially superhero wise, that had an interracial couple in the forefront mm-hmm. and i can't think of one yeah. um so we get some nitty-gritty hardcore superhero sex from those two constantly mm-hmm. for the first like half of that show which is great because um jessica jones and luke cage's relationship is probably my favorite in comics um yeah it's it's like it's it's I, real it's, yeah absolutely and it's 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 interesting like, when we get to reading i know um robin you've read alias um, and some of their relationship is covered in that from a completely different uh, or sort of origin of their relationship than they do in the show. But I was I was telling my mum <laughs> some of it the other day, which we'll get into in a minute. But uh, it's I, I agree with you, Jason. I think it's a very real relationship. I think it's a very mature relationship. Um, and I'm it's one of the things I'm most excited about seeing how they develop that in both the Jessica Jones and the Luke Cage show because they they don't have to follow obviously the comics completely but well I, I think the way they did it in the show as well is these two people are it's not it's not just about lust they're they're adults you know they you can actually see why they are drawn to each other well yeah it's 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 for, it's a basic premise that they can actually be themselves around one another they don't mm-hmm. have to hold back and and the sex is just a metaphor for the fact that they can just be themselves right mm-hmm. like yeah. And see, that's why I'm really, I mean, I'm excited for Luke Cage. I'm signed for Iron Fist, but I really want to see how these all blend together because you don't get the full scope of why Luke Cage and Jessica Jones are so good as superheroes until you see um, how they interact in the larger world of the Marvel Universe. Because, uh, prime example, it's one time Luke Cage crossover in Daredevil. Mm-hmm. And now you have my Dare- attention. I'm like, Daredevil, <laughs> making heart. And he. And he and Daredevil's like, you know, I'm handling this right now. And and Luke Cage says, hey, hold on, dude. How about this? You got your super hearing and all that jazz. Listen, how many people in this building are doing drugs? Mm -hmm. And he's like, he listens and he's like, none. He goes, "Okay, expand it out. How many people on this block are doing drugs? And he goes, nobody. He goes, "Okay, how many people in the adjacent blocks? And he's like, nobody. And he goes, that's my point. Mm -hmm. Take care of before you start talking about saving the world and all this other jazz. And that Luke Cage tells Daredevil. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Luke Cage has always been about Globes. looking after his one little neighborhood, you know, like. Yeah, exactly. They're not yeah. these globe spanning superheroes. And that's what makes their relationship so real. What makes them so good and so in touch. Mm-hmm. And it's like, ah, I love those two. I love them. Love them. <laughs> it reminds me of like, uh, I remember, you know, spoilers for the comics folks, but you know, when Matt Murdock takes Kingpin down and it just assumes the mantle of Kingpin, Luke Cage is one of the first people to call him out on it. Mm-hmm. 
Oh, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Luke Cage is constantly uh, like calling you? calling Matt out and going, uh, <laughs> I think yeah. you're, you're being a bit crazy, <laughs> you know, <laughs> which um, because they're, they're is because good. Matt is kind of crazy. So, yeah. <laughs> well, you know, hey, look, when you get taught to fight by a dude with a stick and he just calls himself stick. And then, you, <laughs> I mean, Daredevil's been through a lot. Can we? Yeah. He's been through a lot. Like yeah. he's he's our Batman. He's my boo. Come on, I love him. Like, <laughs> I just I just want to hug him. I'm just like oh, like oh. Why can't we have an? E- can we just? But this is why the- you know the, I like the joke of you know when Batman moans about his life and Daredevil's just like really really you with you all your money see. yeah you with all your money <laughs> oh you lost your parents boohoo so did I and every girlfriend I've ever had and you know and I'm a pro bono lawyer. Yeah, I have no money. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, and just... I'm a Catholic. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Yeah, Bruce Wayne's like, obviously, I'm an atheist. Like, it's just fine. I'm flying around being emo. Can we get an emo Daredevil Twitter account? Like, we got emo Kylo Ren. Can we get emo Daredevil? There's a sad, there's a sad Daredevil Twitter account, isn't there, Robin? <laughs> yes, there is. <laughs> Well, See, I need to find sad. all of these. Find it, yeah. Okay. Well, actually, I it's it's weird because you were saying something about like you were saying about the the characters seeming so real because I wanted um, I was going to say that's one of the things that I when um, uh, Matt and I spoke to Edward um, Rycourt, uh last week, one of the writers about that's what I mentioned is why you know I continue to say that's why I love these street level characters because to me they feel so relatable um and that leads me to my next point that i was going to say hey listeners our interview with edward reichel is now up to listen to so um which yeah check it out it is on the facebook group um however robin um thank you very much for putting the little spoiler warning because there are spoilers for the entire series i'm pretty sure matt didn't get spoiled there was a bit where i was like but i think matt's skype cut out at that point which is good i haven't asked him but it's a really (laughs) looking forward to hearing it (laughs) yeah it's an awesome interview you get a lot of insight into the writing process for the show um and uh, we find out some little things um he mentions um scott reynolds um quite a bit who uh was on set for the episode that that edward wrote um scott reynolds is the writer instantly one of the writers of the episode we're talking about today um and scott reynolds has just been was just announced on twitter that he's going to be writing iron fist as well which is quite cool um so yeah another another dexter person (laughs) yeah all the dexter people yeah writing (laughs) iron fist but i don't think they even made it an official thing he just updated his twitter to say hey yeah. i'm writing iron fist <laughs> it was like i don't know if marvel wanted him so to i wonder what so, yeah. i wonder what executive was like crapping his pants like oh, i wasn't <laughs> to tell them yet oh. like, like stressing like some... his like t- twitter icon at the moment is a picture of iron fist so i think he's like super excited i can't remember i, I know edward said that he's a big he's a big fan of a character it might have been iron fist as in scott reynolds is i know edward was a is a big fan of luke cage because he was doing some Luke Cage project, and that's how he got is, on Jessica Jones. Dude, isn't it crazy that all these actors and writers and directors are like super pumped to be talking about these comic books, right? Like, yeah, it's brilliant. I, growing up, I would have never thought, you know, people would be like, like there, you know, people are talking, about, oh man, man, I could, do, I could, do, I could play a superhero. <laughs> Yes, and they're like super pumped about it. I love it. It's yep. it's so exciting that we're in like that that. I mean, to be a writer or an actor now who loves comic books, it must be so exciting because there's such there's so many different projects going on and there are such high quality that to be able to be a part of that, um, you know, you you get to write for these characters that you loved as a kid. I mean, it would just be amazing. Yeah. 
it's on it's just i just i still can't i'm still trying to grasp my my trying to grab my mind around the fact that it's kind of cool to be a nerd like oh yeah like never thought never saw that coming the the, the geek shall inherit the earth <laughs> oh it's already it's already happened we just gotta oh, yeah, look exactly. look we can look we can win <laughs> look if the fangirls get upset we just show them chris hemsworth and chris evans and then all those guys we just show them them and if, if the guys get upset we show them black widow and they just shut up but you, it's fine. you, sh- you can show me david tennant or Haley atwell and i'll be happy because well see here you go he's not a superhero yet but he should be because <laughs> he's my man crush oh oh yeah season, season, <laughs> season four of luther's on voodoo right now i just i just bounced up and down on my chair it was good didn't see but i was just like idris elba anyway right so if only idris elba had a bigger part in marvel than heimdall so another little bit of iron fist news um potentially is that mike colter recently stated that iron fist the actor has been cast um he didn't say he knew who it was uh, he didn't say anything about it and a lot of people think that he might be joking (laughs) but i'm kind of hoping that with him joking about that that he's been cast and now scott reynolds saying that he's writing iron fist that we're gonna get a an announcement soon because we've been waiting long enough <laughs> we want to know who's yeah. playing i think our listener rebecca is about to explode if she doesn't find out soon it'll be, it'll be interesting <laughs> to see how they deal with iron fist because i mean when you start getting into the street level superheroes those are like shooting lasers and you know i mean i think they're like their best powers are flying and like super strength so dude they're they're getting nitty-gritty with these villains right like they're they're punching and kicking and having a good old time so i, I really will see how they handle the cinematography and choreography for especially for iron fist i mean as long the as name, they get right? chris brewster as uh you know doing stunts and they get um philip silvera like and chris brewster back from daredevil the fight choreography is going to be amazing uh, i'm see, just think, hoping they have them on board because oh. they need to go find the crew that did the raid Oh, yeah. I, I think, um, well, I know, like, one of the guys from the raid is, they've been cast in a comic book movie coming out. I can't think which one it is. Like, a big comic book movie, but, yeah, that would be awesome. Yeah, they were my favorite little Easter egg in Star Wars Force Awakened. That was, I know they were in Force Awakens, so that was it. That's what I'm thinking of. Yeah, yeah they were the, yeah. um, they were the gang after Han Solo on the ship, and yeah. I was the I was the, I literally felt like a nerd. I was the, I was the only dude in the theater going, oh oh, that's the guy from the raid. And like the theater's like, what what? what? I'm like, say what? Is this martial arts movie? Is really good. <laughs> oh, the raid is awesome. Yeah yeah. You check it out. It's pretty pretty good. The raid is a. I just sat back down. Perfect perfect movie. It's amazing. I love it. Uh, so Robin, you had some extra. Oh, actually, I have a last bit of news. Uh, yeah, in the last, uh, my mum, as some listeners know, my mum and dad have been uh, watching Jessica Jones, but they will only watch it when. I go around their house. So the other night, my dad went out for the evening and my my mum went, hey, Claire, we only have four episodes left. Can we just like watch them all? And I was like, well, what about dad? She goes, oh, your dad will watch them another night. So my mum made me sit down and watch four episodes of Jessica Jones with her because my mum is now a nerd. I love it. So yeah, my mum really enjoyed it. She kept forgetting Luke's name. She kept calling him the handsome man because she's got a major crush on him, on Mike Coulter. Um, But yeah, she really enjoyed it. Oh, I know. Absolutely, yes. Uh, so yeah, I just thought. Uh, so I've had a, bit, a little mini Jessica Jones binge in the last few days as well. Um, you know, before today. Uh, anyway, I just thought I'd let listeners know what my mum and me have been up to. <laughs> Robin, you had some extra bits of news as well. I think. Well, not news, but I, you know, I actually. Uh 
I, let me just backtrack. I do uh, some freelance trivia work for the app uh, Quiz Up. So if you have that on your phone, assign me to so do Jessica Jones and Daredevil. <laughs> so uh, I've been rewatching. Um, I watched. I powered through six episodes of Jessica Jones. Uh, obviously, I'm going to wait till we finish Jessica Jones before I do the last two. But. Um, I powered through six episodes of Jessica Jones, and uh, I've just been loving it even more. Um, it's just so much fun to binge the show. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, you, there were certain things that jumped out to me that I had to take note of, and I wanted to just basically mention to you. Um, uh, I, I really liked uh, – I've just been really appreciating more of the slower introduction. You know, i just uh, been talking recently like, oh, man, I wish we had – more cases. I mean, I still wish we had more cases, but uh, maybe that's what season two is going to be. The episode with Audrey and Carlo is great, and uh, I loved how it ties into the general attitude towards uh, Cape Heroes and uh, mm-hmm. you know how it's leading us into Civil War. Um, a couple of other things popped out to me. Jessica's secret about Luke just seemed so much more obvious. I'm like, wow, I was a real dummy not for figuring that whole thing out like in the first episode. <laughs> Um, and I'd like to backtrack on uh, the belief that Jessica uh, flies. Um, she says a few times, even Trish says it, that she just jumps. And uh, I mean, I prefer. She's downplaying she... it. I don't she know. She flies in that one episode. I don't well, know. I mean, well, it it again. It is it is the whole conundrum of the street level hero. Like mm-hmm. they don't have that they don't have none of the street level heroes have crazy powers heck one of them doesn't have powers at all he has mm-hmm. the power called bullets we look at you punisher um <laughs> oh god i can't wait for that oh god if it's if it's marvel if it's the marvel max punisher and they're just going hard r netflix not worrying about the mpaa i'm gonna be so down so down it would be amazing but no i can't it wait is, to against him but <laughs> Why? He's just going to shoot you in the face. Like it's, 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 I know. Exactly. I just, uh, you know, whatever. But Hopefully no, it'll be cool. I think Dave <laughs> no, and like, Punisher are two of the most interesting characters that go up against each other. Like, they're a perfect counterpoint to each other, I think. And I yeah. cannot wait. Yeah, is he? And that's why I say it's it, the ground level superhero problem, right? Like, the most fantastical power of the bunch is the fact that Jessica Jones can fly. Like, it's like... I mean, it's, yeah. it's in, whether they do that in the show or not, I don't know. Like, I don't, I don't, matter of fact, I hope they don't, actually, to be brutally honest. Because flight is a really good advantage when you're dealing with people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I, 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 I like the nitty-gritty that they get into with, the, with, like, you know, having to actually physically manhandle guys and getting and it allows them to get hurt right like mm-hmm. they're not it they're not i mean other than luke cage you know they're not invulnerable to damage or, or to be hurt like i mean you could kill jessica jones with the bullet i mean yeah uh, well we see in this in this episode as well she's you know very hurt you know yeah so she can get hurt yeah, um, she treats her ribs uh, like a baked potato i know <laughs> <laughs> anyway i just wanted to mention that you know she i I, I don't believe she flies. I believe she jumps and she's just, we've seen her jump. We've seen Trish talk about how she jumps. And I think it's just one of those things that's going to be, it'd be too ridiculous to catch on film. It'd be ridiculous to see her hopping all over the city. <laughs> hey, fact, Smallville, when, when she, Smallville made it 12, Smallville made it 12 seasons without Superman ever being in his red and blue suit or flying. So the, Hey, they can uh, do it for, they can do it for Jessica Jones. Oh, we, we want to talk Smallville. We're 
going to need another hour here. Uh, <laughs> I love that show. Um, oh, the, my last point was basically just talking us through the whole connection between Luke and Kilgrave. Because uh, I wrote this down. Okay, Luke Cage is married to Reva Connors. Luke got his powers because of an experiment. Uh, Reva had footage of children, including Kilgrave, being experimented on. She took that footage, put it in a zip drive, put it in a metal box, dropped it in the foundation of a building. And uh, Kilgrave, I'm assuming, was tracking his parents. And that's why he ended up uh, tracking Reva down and making her find this uh, footage. But Reva is also married to Luke Cage. So I'm wondering, like, does she get to know Luke through her work with Kilgrave's parents? And did Kilgrave's parents actually also experiment on Luke somehow? Maybe not as a child, but uh, in later years. Um, I don't think we'll find out until the Luke Cage series. Well, not necessarily. Well, we could have found because... out in the next two episodes. I don't know that. Well, no, I, I think that's going to be Luke Cage's origin, though. Not you know, not Jessica Jones. This is Jessica Jones' show. So we are now joined by Matt and Mel. Matt and Mel. Hello, hello. Hey. Hey. I hope you're hanging your heads in shame for being late. It was my grandmother's birthday. Oh, well, that's right. That's fine. <laughs> and, and, and and don't beat up on yourself. I'm usually never on time. So. <laughs> you just wheel be... Mima's bone, old bones in here and have her explain herself to us. Mima. <laughs> Ma, Ma Richard. Okay. <laughs> it's actually Mimer in French. Ah. <laughs> Like the sea, except different spelling. <laughs> where, are you, where are you guys in? Where are you guys in Canada? Where, where are we? Uh, Eastern Canada, like New Brunswick. It's like nobody knows about it, but fuck Ooh. nowhere. <laughs> I think I, I can't remember. Is Jay Langage that way over there? I'll, I'll have to find out. I think I have some friends that way. I know I have. A, I have a wonderful friend in Quebec. You have friends now. They're called Matt and Mel. Right next door. To <laughs> You're what? You've got friends there. They're called Matt and Mel. It's your new that friend. That is true. Did you guys say you're next door to Quebec? Yep. Yeah. See, so actually, yeah. You, actually, you guys might be. Huh. I'll, I'll have to find out because Canada's really, really big, right? <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes, it is. You saw, you saw what I did there, right? <laughs> <laughs> right. So this week we are talking about an episode I know Robin's excited about because he was sending me, Matt, and Mel a little covert message during the week. <laughs> Which might give away his score, uh, which is I've Got the Blues, or AKA I've Got the Blues, episode 11, um, written by Scott Reynolds and Liz Friedman. Scott Reynolds, new writer of Iron Fist, hooray. And it was directed by Uta Breswitz. And I apologize. Breswitz? Breswitz. Yeah. <laughs> I apologize if you're listening. I can't pronounce your name. So we start off with a quick flash of the accident that killed Jessica's family. And then we see uh, the first time we see Jessica waking up in hospital and Trish and Dorothy are discussing the adoption. Um, it's only because Trish and um, Jess go to the same school. That's all they have in common. But they're doing it as a publicity stunt to change the Patsy conversation. Uh, Poor little Linda, Linda Cardellini. Can we just say how terrible child star parents are? Oh, yeah. Yes. They're the worst. Yeah. They are atrocious. They are they are a hive of scum and villainy. <laughs> They're regular Moss Eisley. <laughs> They're Mother's Eisley. Like, I just oh man, and then and then uh, we'll get. I'm pretty sure we'll get into the next flashback, but she hits over the People's Choice Award. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Cause, cause, the worst of awards. It's not even like a, it's, <laughs> it's, 
What if it's it could have been an MTV yeah. TV award? Yeah, it could have been a Moon Man. Could have been a Moon Man. You could have got slimed. Were you guys excited though that you got to hear the actual proper version of the Patsy theme oh. song? <laughs> I need that full theme song. Come on, who's what, got it? Intense? Send it to us. It's Patsy, Patsy, really wanna be yeah, your friend. And here's the deal. <laughs> And you know they can't just contract for like, hey man, can we get like sixteen bars of this one little ditty? Someone had to write yeah. that whole yes. thing. There is a full version of that sitting in it. someone's computer. We need it. I'll have to contact the uh, the composer for Jessica Jones see if he's got it. Yeah, the music supervisor. Yeah. yeah. Maybe they'll put it on the soundtrack. You good. actually get to see her posing for the theme song too. Yeah, with great. her red wig on. Ugh. The worst wig was, I've ever seen. It's so it horrible. Way too, way too Hannah Montana for me. I was like, mm-hmm. oh. Yeah. oh, it was no, totally I, Hannah Montana. It must have been. You know, the but it's still Billy Ray Cyrus. <laughs> <laughs> hey, that wig is still better than Jacob's wig in the Twilight movies. Ooh, Does that he wear a wig? Yes, the first, the first two movies oh, until he, he becomes a, until he becomes a werewolf, he has to wear a wig because he actually has shorter hair in real life. Because you have to wear a wig when you're not a werewolf. It's a rule. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, dude, it's it's totally a rug. Like as soon as I saw it, I was like, man, that's a rug. Like Donald Trump's rug is better than that. <laughs> Pretty much. I don't know. I, you know what? I have <laughs> I have like a red wig in my cupboard, and when I wear that, people think it's my hair. Like because I have red hair, but like it actually looks natural. Her wig, it it oh, it was horrible. It was like you think her mum could afford a better wig than that. It was awful. But I think it was meant Sorry, to be. Claire. When you what? said cupboard, I thought you meant kitchen cupboard, and I was like, Claire keeps wigs in your kitchen. Yeah, under the sink. What are you talking about? <laughs> well, she's talking about how it itches, and I was immediately uh, thinking about recent interviews with Jillian Anderson, how she had to wear a red wig for the X Files revival, and she oh. said it was just terrible. Oh. By the way, they do, they do itch. Hit- They're really uncomfortable. By the way, that was a hidden British woman. I did not know she was British. Like when <laughs> she was British on. When she was on Top Gear, and she's like, oh, yeah, I'm British. And her accent, she turns her accent on. Like, it's like a switch. Like, her and, Idris, her and Idris Elba have a little switch that says, I can be normal or I have to be American. And she yeah. just Wait, hit that, that switch. What was that supposed to mean? She just hit that switch. <laughs> hey, dude, it she means just that hit I'm normal that switch. and you're not. <laughs> uh, Me, Matt, Mellon, normal. <laughs> switch. I was, so, I was like, oh, my God. I love her even more now. I like Idris Elba's <laughs> voice in real life because he's like, all right, I'm Idris Elba. I'm from down Cockney. He's like that. I'm a DJ. He's like a proper Cockney. It's great. Yeah. By the way, if you ever, if anyone ever wants to be an actor, just look at Idris Elba life. That dude is a great actor, but he's still got a DJ on the weekends. Like, it's yeah, just, yeah. He's awesome. Oh, regular man. Tony Stark. I want him to be the next Bond. <laughs> he would be my ideal Bond. So I'll take him as the doctor or the Bond. So it's fine. Oh, oh, I'm excited. I just want a Luther movie. Mm-hmm. You're supposed to be doing those. They're supposed to be doing those two hour, the, the two hour specials, where, weren't they? I want like, like a the hour long special or whatever. Yeah. yeah. Oh, you want a theatrical? I want big budget. Awesome. Anyway, way off topic. So, so Jessica, it's really sad that the way Jessica finds out that her family is dead is by overhearing it. And this is when Dorothy yeah, says that. She's a terrible woman. Oh, she's the worst. Well, it's actually Trish who says it, but. You know, yeah. yeah. And this horrible woman's going to adopt her. There's a, a part of that argument. Um, yeah. And we find out that uh, Patsy, quote unquote, passed out in a nightclub and ended up being a part of a fire that got started. Yeah, a tablecloth. <laughs> <laughs> like, a tablecloth. Man. So like, little... <laughs> like, and you're just kind of wondering 
she get into that club in the yeah. first place? Because yeah. she's only like what thirteen at this point. Yeah, I think so. About like yeah, probably around that. But she also says yeah. that her she's not the only one that is passing out in the family. So obviously Dorothy has as well because Dorothy's got yeah. a drinking problem. Yeah. She's got um, a lot of problems. Yeah. She's got <laughs> Dorothy's problems. got all the problems. <laughs> and we've got all the problems with Dorothy. So yep. in the next scene, we cut straight back to how the last episode ended with Jessica still sitting with Hope's body. Robin's freaking out Ooh. in the background. I was. Yeah. <laughs> um, and they all decide to get their story straight that Hope killed herself, um, which is kind of true, but that Kilgrave wasn't involved. Um, <laughs> and we get a, a nickname from... Uh, Robin. Did anyone get it? She did a two, I think, in this episode. It's a quote. Mop top comes later. <laughs> Mop top comes later, but in this one we get tablecloth girl. <laughs> tablecloth girl, that's right. <laughs> is, is it just me or do I... Like Jessica Jones... Or one of those good movie slaps? Like, yeah. You know, when it's someone's freaking... It's, it's kind of like in Night of the Living Dead when uh, that chick's freaking out about her brother and that dude just slaps the crap out of her. Like, she... She just annoyed the G out of me. Mm-hmm. I liked her better in this episode. No. There was an interesting thing in the beginning where she's uh, uh, recovering from, you know, falling off the bar and she starts freaking out and she's like, why would I do that? I hate suicide. I hate and suicide. Later in her, and later in her uh, interview, she says, no, I really hate mental illness. I wonder what that is all about. I think that well, I think that was well, meant to be a comedic line from her, isn't I hate. Yeah, and then later this. on, when uh, when uh, what's his face says he's he... Malcolm. Yeah, yeah, she's like, yeah, well, go ahead or whatever. She didn't say, she didn't say don't do it. Well, it could be a it could be a callback to her uh, poorly departed brother. Um, yeah, like he didn't seem like he was all there. Like he seemed like he was very codependent, like very codependent. Oh yeah, and maybe. And maybe, and so maybe that line about how she doesn't like mental illness or suicide is kind of a feedback to that. Maybe she was shackled with him. Maybe it wasn't her living with him, but it was him living with her. Maybe. Uh, but I, I think she was just as dependent on him as he was on her almost. Like, I think she, like her sheltering him, I don't think would have helped. Because that's some awkward stuff. I'm just oh, saying. Oh, so weird. Like, <laughs> it's yeah, I mean. Because I don't know, I don't know what you guys' explicit level is, but there's they call oh, there's no, a relation. It. <laughs> okay, yeah, because he's probably telling her to step on his balls in that apartment. Oh. I'm just saying, <laughs> like it, that relationship. That's a bad was, thing. It, that Sorry, relationship that. was awkward, man. It was, whew, boy. Yeah. Mm, that so, was <laughs> some excellent uh, direction, though. I, I I do feel bad we didn't get the director's name right, but because this whole panic and confusion post when Kilgrave leaves. And Jessica just sitting there and then straight into those uh, uh, head-on camera interviews, like face-to-face mm-hmm. camera interviews, it was really great. It was something mm-hmm. different that we haven't seen yet. I think this. I didn't expect to see. Sorry, Matt. I didn't expect this. I didn't expect to see the aftermath of that scene from last time at all. I expected them to, you know, jump ahead to something else. Mm-hmm. Oh no, you you have to be taken down to the lowest point before we can raise up for these last this last run of the series because. That this the episode before this ended, like holy crap, right? Like, can we just say Hope has had the worst run of characters in the show so far? <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah. it's rough, and I love how Jessica's taking her death because that could have been Jessica. 
I mean, mm-hmm. Hope literally is based. If if it wasn't for Jessica's superpowers, that could have been Hope. Could have been her because mm-hmm. it had the same. I mean, with Kilgrave, he 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 Kilgrave found her infatuated, used his powers, controlled her, and then she finally got hope, on the other hand, really could a bad run of it. Mm-hmm. And so I think Jessica Jones is very much so personalizing that. And I think that's what spurs her on for the rest of this episode to be so dogged about going after Kilgrave. Because I think it's this episode here where she makes up her mind. like She's like, no, I'm going to kill him. Like mm-hmm. There is no there is no stopping him. There is no imprisoning him. He has to die. She's tried everything else. Like this is one of the things I like about the series is that this is a character who is now going after to kill him, but she hasn't taken that as a light decision. You know, she's even tried to rehabilitate him in, um, you know, in the episode, what would Jessica do? You know, she's tried to rehabilitate him. She's tried to capture him. Nothing's worked. So now she's like, well, now I have to kill him. And, and honestly, I, I I was talking about this uh, with uh, a friend of mine, but Kilgrave, because when he does it, but he's talking, I think it was that fact, I think it was in the episode of what Jessica would do is when he was talking about how he doesn't know mm-hmm. when someone's doing something of their own free will or if it's because he told them to. So, yeah. And it's not and it's not like he can turn his power off. It's everything he says to someone. So literally, he has no friends everyone does what he wants them to do and mm-hmm. it's not if he it's, and it's not because he wants them to at all it ju- they just do it so it's actually really kind of terrible think about it if you if you really think about it there's only one outcome for him mm-hmm. from birth like w- once he gets his power there's only one outcome you know unless you know they found some weird way to stop his power from you don't really get that other than in the uh the what would jessica do episode is when he kind of has that little breakdown Unless I, I, unless Jessica stayed with him, like she said, you know, if she was to stay with him and make him use his powers for good, but then she would have to stay with him. That's the only other thing. But obviously, she's not going to do that. Like her and Trish discussed that. I think he, just like when he bought the house, I think he really tried hard to word it so he wouldn't be using his powers when doing that. And uh, that's why I don't find him sympathetic at all, because even though he had this terrible childhood, he's got this power and he's now choosing to fucking ruin everybody's life around him. So, uh, fuck that guy. <laughs> I just want to provide a counterpoint. Uh, well, we don't know everything about him at this point, so that's all I'm going to say. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. He's we, being controlled I, by I, Kingpin. I wink at the listeners and at Jason. Don't, hey, <laughs> don't, don't joke about him being used by someone, because in the comics he does get weaponized by Doctor Doom. Mm, oh, yeah, he does, yeah. Oh, my God, Dr. Doom gets into this show at the last episode. I'm going to freak out. Yeah, but it's the Toby no. and Forstick uh, Dr. Doom Robin, so <laughs> yeah. don't get too excited. No, seriously, it's, it has one of the greatest – it causes one of the greatest Dr. Doom lines ever because Kilgrave's like, if I wasn't in this thing, I would make you kill yourself. And Dr. Doom goes, okay. And he goes up to this little area where he has Kilgrave locked up and neutralizing his powers, turns off all the safety grids, take off his helmet and goes, do your worst. And Kilgrave's like, jump off this building. And he goes, why isn't it working? And Dr. Doom just goes, Doom's will is his own. And just walks <laughs> off. Goes, oh, it's so good. Badass. Oh, yeah. oh, it's so good. Fuck you, fantastic Why can't movies. they get Dr. Doom right in a film? Oh, never. So Jessica gets in the car with Trish. And they basically say that Albert's probably as good as dead. 
Um, Trish offers to take Jessica home, but um, Jessica gets a notification that a John Doe uh, has turned up that could be Albert. So her and Trish are going to go to the morgue, but first they're going to go home to shower. Um, I was pretty I was pretty sure we were never going to see a dead Albert just show up randomly in a morgue. What, do you think, so you think he's still alive then, yeah? Yeah. Mm-hmm. He's going he's to take how they, pleasure in torturing him. Yeah. Hey, I love how they handle that dude like with the, with the restaurant. They're just like... Yeah, what do you guys you think of this? Because is... this might be my... Like, I want to know what you guys think because I've seen this episode so many times now. And I have to say, Maury Tuttlebaum might be my favorite supporting character in the whole <laughs> Jessica Jones. I love him so much. He's so good. Do you know who this is? It's Patsy. It's Patsy. So. <laughs> and I'm Maury Tuttlebaum. Whatever. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Her singing well, the Patsy song. Just the right trouble there. The trouble they had getting him to cooperate, though, just it made me, um, it made the rest of their plan less believable like they're probably going to run into that situation at every morgue they go to and it sounded like they went to a lot so how did they appease all these other people well they didn't because the because the angry black lady was like go get it go upstairs <laughs> go away. No, upstairs. <laughs> don't, they, don't don't they say later that they've been, that they ha- she has like contacts at a bunch of different morgues mm-hmm. we do she get wants, a mon- she's going to start uh, collecting them yeah she wants to start collecting them. yeah we do get a morgue montage. Yep. I like the fact that she's collecting these this network of morgue attendants because it reminds me of like yeah. Sherlock's like but, uh, network of homeless people in Sherlock. Yeah, but it was just that uh, yeah they had such a tr- such trouble with that guy and it only worked because Trish was there and like I think Jessica did the rest of them herself. So how did she appease the rest of the people? Maybe there hey, was I so just hard think, to physical power. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I don't think anyone would be as difficult as him. Like I just like, <laughs> as I think most. Hey, I think most morgue attendants are just like, oh, you want to see a dead body? Whatever. Yeah, they probably get it all the time. <laughs> I know it's like weird and creepy, but I bet they do. Like people are drunk and they're like, oh, can we see a body? Where did Jessica yeah. get the name Katia Bell Hortense from? I have no I idea. Like, <laughs> uh, I have no idea, but you know, it's she replaced a- Kelly Huang, who was a really nice, nice lady, and she died, and it's really she sad. She died. Really nice lady. Like Kelly yeah. Kwan, I think, was on the list, but she just said, I'm Katia Yeah, Kelly Kwan was on the list. There was yeah, two other people on the list Iron who are mentioned in, I don't know, in Easter eggs, maybe. Oh, okay. Uh, she's, so, a, she's a private eye. She's going to be quick on her feet. Yeah, exactly. But we find that it's not Albert. It's like some other old dude. Um, and Trish is like, I'm absolutely exhausted, so I'm going to head home. And Jessica's like, yeah, I'll head home too, but she still goes to investigate and this is when we get the morgue montage but another interesting thing in that in that conversation is jessica says that she won't protect innocence anymore um because you know that's why hope died so jessica's very much like nope you know she's playing hardball now which i think is kind of important for her character i don't believe yeah this yeah this episode is a lot of i don't want to say jessica growing to griffith sometimes you can't save everyone Mm -hmm. and also sometimes you have to make the hard choice which is milk yeah it's it's well done how they go through her progression in this episode i like jessica's app with the comic book font (laughs) i wasn't sure she had a palm pilot or what at the point at the close-up but it looked like she just had a big like iphone or whatever well she's not that big a fan of the app because it sends her to this this place that clearly isn't a morgue it looks like a I didn't even know what it is—a hotel or something. Uh, yeah, because then she asked the, because then she asked some passerby, like, "I thought this was a morgue," and they're like, "Yeah, like forty years ago." Or <laughs> like <something> whatever. Weird. <laughs> and she just like found a nap on this street corner. <laughs> I had that though with when I was backpacking. I 
turned up to a hostel I was meant to be staying in in Sydney and the hostel didn't exist <laughs> and it was like a completely different building and I was like oh no and I had like all my travel gear and I was just like oh damn you lonely planet <laughs> uh, so this and did you is, take a nap at the uh, hostel and see visions of your past yeah I did yeah yeah that's why I always okay. um this yeah, is our so, first hint of purple again right we get a little bit of purple and yeah. well we get purple lighting kind of on Jessica when she's, she can hear sort of her last, last words to hope. And then she sees a purple-suited man and follows him. And we're all like, that's clearly not Kilgrave. Or were you like, yeah. oh, that's Kilgrave? Because I was like, yeah, that's not him. I recognize that's David not- Tennant's walk anywhere. <laughs> Just like, where's the car? And we got it. It was a truck. Yeah, mm-hmm. I was like, yeah. I've seen TV. That's not Kilgrave. You're shooting it in a way that that's not Kilgrave. <laughs> Yeah. Sometimes watching too much TV just destroys your immersion. <laughs> it does. Yeah. It, it ruins us all. We get um in this bit though, it's you know, it, I think it kind of shows that Jessica's like exhausted. She's got, you know, she hasn't slept for ages and she's just kind of like Trish said she's clutching at straws. I kind of wanted that when she ran out in front of the car, I wanted to get a call back to when she, you know, she ran in front of the car when she was dressed as a sandwich in the sandwich saved me and I wanted to hear the driver go get out the road you damn sandwich which is still one of my favorite lines <laughs> oh man I forgot about her pulling off that job as a sandwich girl that's great <laughs> so when but no this this crowd, just leads us yeah it's just like a hipster guy well, you know, actually well no actually uh you know what to, speaking of sandwich she does she does bake potato her ribs like a leftover sandwich so it's fine <laughs> that's what we get at yeah my mum was like, that "Did thing? that work?" I was like, "I don't know, <laughs> not. I, I, I can understand if you did like a one of those braces, like where you can do, or or maybe like a corset or something, something that's rigid and can hold you, but like mm-hmm. saran wrap." Yeah, I will. I guess if it's tight oh. enough. Yeah, I don't. You know. don't want to like if you cough or something, blow out the side of your. <laughs> just keep everything keep everything in place but i feel like at the same time plastic is not the best because it's not breathable so you i feel like she's swimming in her oh. own sweat yeah. oh gross, gross. gross. so yeah. meanwhile trish is interviewing diana masagi, masagi about her autobiography blowing behind the scenes with a rock <laughs> rock flutist oh did you did you guys enjoy this rock flute music in this scene mel what? Did you enjoy the rock flute music in this scene? Sure. <laughs> <laughs> was I supposed to? I don't know. Was she actually covering a song of some sort? Or I have no. no idea. It was just like... Yeah. It was like that. I have no idea. Were you were you more irritated by the, the, the flute music, Mel, like or it. when Simpson showed up? See... See, I like the rock music, the flute rock music, because I played a flute. Matter of fact, oh. I own one. Oh, you're so, a flutist? <laughs> I used to be. I haven't played in years. <laughs> so I was kind of like, oh, that's cool. That's right. Like, you know, like, I was like, oh, that's nifty. Like, it made me happy oh, for a minute. the road not taken. <laughs> I, that yeah, yeah. And then Stalker Boys. That could have been you, Jason. Yeah, and then Stalker, Stalker Simpson showed up. Yes, Mel cheered, obviously, because she loves him. I cheered so hard. <laughs> and I love how it's I love how they play up his he's totally a stalker because that brother hasn't changed since he murdered that poor cop. Like he's mm-hmm. still he's still scarred. He hadn't even put a band-aid on. 
Well, he does the classic stalker thing of saying, oh, I, I turned up because you, you wouldn't answer my calls, so I showed up. It's like, no, that means I don't want to talk to you. Go away. You creep. Or it could just mean I'm at work. Could be, I'm well, just, I'm, you know, I might not have answered because I'm at work. Look, I'm busy. I'm interviewing Diane Masagi about her, her book. I don't want rare staple <laughs> cheesecake. Ugh. Um, so basically this is when he sort of says, oh, it's just because I had some bad medication. I've quit the program. And this is when Trish gets a text from Jessica saying to pick her up. So she's kind of like, yeah, just go away. I'll see you later. And then we get, so she runs off to pick up Jessica and we see the panicked face of her assistant, which is hilarious. And she, I, I don't know this actress, but she really reminded me of um, Kate from Garfunkel and Oates. Kate, I can't think of her surname. But she kind of looked, yeah, she really looked like her. <laughs> like, just like, Ooh. Yeah. I did make a note of, this is like a small part, you know, not many people remember this girl after the series is done, but I thought she did a great job as Trish's long suffering. <laughs> yeah, she was brilliant. I thought she was really cool. Of uh, when they were interviewing Colvin and Kilgrave called and yeah. all that stuff was happening and her producer's like freaking out. <laughs> so good. Yeah, I mean, uh, I love how this gives us kind of an insight into just how, like the Marvel stuff has done it a lot where they kind of give you insights as to how people and normal pe- normal civilians and so forth have, are dealing with these superheroes. Mm-hmm. I just love how I bet money that because Jessica Jones, like there is a lot of weird calls into that radio show. Like, oh yeah, just so, just so many, just so many. Like, oh man, I saw Daredevil last night, or oh man, this dude got punched through a wall. Like, it just, and they're just talking about, it, and she's like, I just, I just want to interview this this flute lady. <laughs> that's, that's all I ask. <laughs> I really all I ask. And this thing, you know, Jessica's like, I need your help. Can I just going through what Trish has been going through lately and still having to go in and be all chipper for your radio show? Yeah. And you got a flute lady. That's the <laughs> rock and roll flute lady. Unlike Simpson, she actually is doing her job in the meantime. He's just completely quit the police force at this point. Yeah. Yeah. He's just going to, well, I mean, yeah. Um, well, you know, just does it once. I gave him some paid time off. Yeah, maybe after his traumatic, I don't know. Um, do a lot. And then after killed. Oh, wait, never mind. <laughs> mm. almost in a almost shot a spoiler off my nope. bad. oh <laughs> no don't do that don't do that i got almost, i've got a I shield sniper by your house jason who's <laughs> putting a gun at you right myself. now the punisher <laughs> I, can't so, myself. I can't myself so jessica has gone to trish's to kind of recuperate and i put a little heart in my notes because trish is so sweet looking after jess and she's like takes off her shoes and stuff and puts a little blanket on yeah. her and i'm like oh I'm shipping Patsica now, by the way. <laughs> Patsica. <laughs> but they, they grew up together. They're like sisters. No matter. They, they belong to each other. Either if, if uh, they're just like just really super good friends or like, you know, they're, they're girlfriends, whatever. Mm, that would be really hot. So, well, Jessica says there's only two people. There's only a couple of people that she cares about. And Trish is like, two. And we're like, yeah, who's- oh, Luke. Luke. Oh, you think that's who she's referring to? Well, it's not. It's not Simpson or Malcolm. Who cares about Malcolm? And it's, no. not, and it's not that. Not her. A terrible adopted mother. Mm. Yeah, I, it's I, Robin. No, it's not. <laughs> <And> I. <laughs> at, at that point, I would have. At that point, see, this is why I'm not a director. Because at that point, when she goes, there's two people I care about. I would have cut to. Uh, I would have cut to Luke Cage in a shower. <laughs> like someone talking like he would have just he would have oh. kind of stopped like is someone talking that's about? right <laughs> ladies <laughs> it should have been shitting <laughs> shitting on the toilet <laughs> <laughs> you 
<laughs> he would look he's hot just... even doing that. I'm sorry. He's, he's dropping a deuce. <laughs> dropping a deuce reading like GQ magazine or something. <laughs> <laughs> just, he's like, hmm? He's like, <laughs> like, Does someone talk about me? Hmm. Uh, <laughs> uh, Wait, you know what? Yeah, uh, oh, go on. No, I was gonna say it's not that far fetched because they did show Jessica uh, faking being somebody on a toilet while she was oh, investigating yeah. in the early part of the series. True. Yeah, yeah. So it could. So be. It could happen. Yeah. Oh, uh, this is when, as well, we find out that Jessica heals faster than other people. It's just kind of like a like a line, like you know, I heal faster, like than other people. Because my mum, when she was watching this, was going, well, I hope she's looking after those ribs. I don't think she could do that with those ribs. And I was going, mum, they said that she heals faster. Well, she's still got broken ribs. <laughs> I was like, so, she, so she's, not on, she's not on the level of a Wolverine, but she's probably on the level of maybe like a Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Probably, yeah. Well, even they even say like, you know, Matt heals faster because he has his whole meditation thing, you know. So I think it's just the way of they can have them really injured, but not, you know, not have her out of lying on a sofa talk, talking to Trish through a whole episode. I like was wondering said. if this was the point in Daredevil in, the, in that series where he gets really messed up and he's feels like it. That was yeah. episode 10 in Daredevil. This is episode 11. So it's around because this is kind of like the Trish Jessica equivalent almost of Foggy yeah. and Matt in Daredevil. Yeah. But so it's, man, it's interesting. It's around the same time. But Daredevil gets it. Oh my yeah. goodness. Does oh. he get it from Kingpin? He gets fish hooked. But By no, a friend uh, of the show, Peter Shinkoda. <laughs> <laughs> but no, it's um. I actually really like how the Marvel stuff is doing these powers. We get her super strength, you know, and they they just trickle out. They don't just drop it all into your lap mm-hmm. uh, right away, which I like because it allows some progression for that character, especially for people who don't know of Jessica Jones. You know, they've never read the comics or anything like that. So and 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 you know, with Daredevil, you know, you of course you get his super hearing and everything, and it's all based off the fact that. When you lose one sense, the other have to make up for it, and you get trained by a weird dude with a stick. <laughs> so you know, I just, I just really like how I really just like how their hand these Netflix series are being handled. Like mm. they just, it's, it is probably the best TV not on TV. I agree. Right? Like I'm I'm biased though, so because <laughs> yeah. I'm like, yay! I mean, superheroes. I mean, we. <sighs> If I get in, I'm not going to get on topic because if I get on topic, I'm going to talk about Constantine and it makes me angry. And oh, Hannibal, I'll talk so. to you about Constantine later if you want. Yeah, I'm just really mm, yeah. angry. Constantine, angry. Yeah. Screw you, NBC. Yeah, NBC I agree. suck. Um, I need more Matt Mickelson being psychopathic to me. <laughs> just wait until Doctor Strange, and then he'll be psychopathic in that. Hopefully, I just want him to be playing Dormammu. It'd be awesome. So in the next scene, Dorothy, uh, we get another flashback. Dorothy and Trish are arguing. Uh, Trish wants to quit and she says my name's Trish not Patsy Jessica's in the bathroom unpacking and snaps a hairbrush by accident and then snaps a marble sink <laughs> so this is <laughs> kind of when her powers she finds her powers the first time I want to know what you guys so, think about this scene so what, what what was she doing in there was she like did she get her powers from a magic toothbrush or something like, <laughs> yeah <laughs> Yes, yeah, I wrote that. It was like, whoa! <laughs> also gives you. Some- she brushed her teeth with the right toothbrush, and now she's superpowered. I mean, are they actually saying that she got her powers through the car accident? Because, yeah. like, when she told Luke about how she got her powers, she says accident. <laughs> yeah, they're saying it's the car accident because I think after she woke up, because she still got like the the um, the cut on her chin that she had in hospital in the scene where she woke up. 
So I imagine she went back to the house uh, with um, Dorothy and Trish shortly after that scene took yeah. place. And then this is probably the first scene in which she's she's there you know she's in in that house um and then this is just where she becomes aware of them because she's kind of getting really frustrated but she probably wasn't aware of them in the hospital because she was unconscious for you know for a while they said that she was sort of in and out of consciousness okay well that makes absolutely no sense to me but uh <laughs> because you don't get powers by getting into a car accident that's weird but we don't know all the details about you don't get powers by being blasted by radiation either the comics robin you read the comics i don't remember <laughs> she, what I well, maybe maybe i mean like like matt was hit by a truck and that's how he got his powers but it wasn't the actual truck it was what the truck was carrying yeah yeah, well, yeah and also i mean you gotta think right this is the marvel universe right we have a family of people who got blasted by cosmic radiation and one of them became a rock monster we have um, the wizard we have, <laughs> you know, have powers from beginning car accidents they are going to get powers everybody's going to get powers <laughs> you know what I'm saying? like it's just and we i just, got a little just, i got a little fender bender nah, i just got the you know x-ray vision from now they, on they you might know, cover it, it in the other episodes robin is all i'm saying yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm really hoping, and, and I'm glad you're not like, yeah, that never gets solved or anything. Don't, don't tell well, me anything definite. Don't, don't wait for a definite, like, big details, but it, they will definitely mention about it in the upcoming episodes. Yeah. I just theory that maybe, because we talked about people being experimented on, and I just wonder if she was experimented on as well and then after she's not being monitored by her parents more that uh, uh all of a sudden the powers come out somehow they were kept dormant by her parents because mm, they worked with uh kilgrave's parents in some way and that's how kilgrave and jessica are linked and luke mm. no it, again that could happen dude that could happen this is the marvel universe yes. a rock from space could fall and hit her in the head and she becomes the next Vision, I don't know. It's the Marvel <laughs> universe. I chalk it up to the Marvel universe, man. It's got it's, or she, or she she could get bit by a snake and get a transfusion of mongoose blood and become the wizard. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> or, she get, or or better yet, she could be Squirrel Girl. Just saying. Yeah. Yeah. Um. So yeah. in this scene, one of the things I think that's important in this scene is this where we it, where we get this. We've we've kind of had this whole thing with Malcolm and Jessica throughout the series, which is like Malcolm saying he doesn't want to be saved by Jessica. And then like, you know, he, he kind of saves Jessica. And this is the whole thing between Trish and Jessica. Like I'll, I, I don't tell your secret Trish and you don't, Oh, sorry. I don't tell your secret Jessica and you don't save me. It's the whole thing of, you know, we get that later where, you know, Trish says, Oh, you just had to save me. Didn't you? Oh, you said you wouldn't save me. And Jessica says, I, I can't help myself. Um, so I'm it's kind so of that she is a hero at this point. At this episode, <laughs> I mean, you know, no, I'm not being cr- trying to be crass about. It. I'm not really like, yeah, hook up. I'm like, I just love their friendship. I love, I love this. This is great. And they're gonna totally kill Trish, aren't they? <laughs> I'm not saying anything. <laughs> uh, so yeah, so they promise to keep each other's secrets. This is also when we get the mention about that Trish was hit with a People's Choice Award by her mum, which is horrible. <laughs> Um, oh yeah, the uh, the choice of word. Mm. Yeah. In the next scene, we see Paul Clemens' body uh, in the morgue, where um, uh, Ma- Maury has gone home. So we get this other attendant who's not so helpful. 
when uh, Jess learns that the body's from the CDC building, which was burnt down, so obviously she knows it's it's going to be someone related to it. It's probably going to be be him. And when she checks, you could see that the arm was broken, so she knows that it's Clemens. But at this point, Jessica says she believes that it Kilgrave gross. set there's the a, fire. But there's like a pool of stuff. I know, it was horrible. It's like yeah. a pool of stuff in his wrist hole. I thought you could almost see like some crusty bandage around it as well, like from when the bandage had burnt onto his wrist. I was like, well, it was so gross. And that's when, and this is when she, uh, that cop that was helping us out, he's dead. Yeah. Um, I think, I think your boy did it. <laughs> this is, uh, this is the first, the only note I really had around the Clemens stuff was this is the first, uh, point where we get a text message that we see and it's from Uncount. <laughs> <laughs> is it? Yeah, it's uncount. It's, there's no N between K and O. <laughs> Whoa! And then later, there's text messages from unknown, which Both, is Kilgrave. I'm like, I wish you'd say like, well, yeah, that's the thing. It's like, is it Kilgrave? You know, it seems like it's Kilgrave, but there's. Uh, we'll talk about that then. But okay. it's just weird these texts. Trish says that she will meet Jessica at her place in one hour, but as Trish is leaving, this is when she bumps into Mel's favorite character, Simpson. And he's like, hey, Mel, I'm still here. Waves. Uh, Trish tells him to leave, but he says that he cares about her. And she's like, oh, hey. You know, he's not that bad of a guy. He just thought, <laughs> he, was in the, he, just thought he was in the Matrix for a while. <laughs> <laughs> and he thought he was out, and then he was in, then he was out, and then two dudes show up, and he kills them, and then he's in, and then... Yeah. Yeah, not it's... Not at all. Nope. Don't, don't take, take Mark... Don't take Marvel Universe pills. Don't take Marvel. Like Universe. I said, I I I, I recently re- I just rewatched the episodes where we first learn about Simpson and Simpson's budding relationship with Trish, and I was all SS wish, and everything like that. <laughs> and this is kind of like a callback to that because he's he was sitting in the lobby with Trish then, mm-hmm. and now it's like he's sitting in the lobby, and it's like oh shit. <laughs> and she even it's is kind good. of like oh you know okay yeah I'll see you later trying to placate him but immediately after she lies about where she's going so she's obviously mm-hmm. like no you're you're a crazy person yeah and we see well, him take the pills and the sort of effect they have on his his eyes go really big and you know yeah he plays crazy soldier man really well though mm-hmm. he does I didn't realize that he, the actor, had worked with Melissa Rosenberg before. I haven't seen his work before. Um, but when I spoke to Edward Rycott, he said that um, that Will and Melissa had, had worked together. So that's probably why he has this role. Yeah. So I'd be quite interested to see what he's done before. I, I can't remember what it was called, but it's something oh. that she she um, worked as showrunner on. I, can't, I think he did say what it was, but I can't remember the name of it. Um, yeah, but he does do crazy pretty well. And this is when we also, I think in this scene, is this when we start to get the... Him repeating words because he's like when he says I'm gonna kill him, yeah. he's like I'm gonna gonna kill him, and he does that later. We sort of keep saying like he's almost skipping. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah, um, because this is where those uh, because uh, those two dudes show up and try to take him back, and he mm-hmm. uh, he murders those. <laughs> a lot of people die in her hallway. Like, <laughs> yeah, it's that, amazing that, 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 poor, that none that of the neighbors doorman. come out. And like, what's going on? Yeah, the poor doorman. Oh. You'll probably get the blame. The poor doorman. The poor doorman's got to. He's probably got to clean all this stuff up. Like he's probably. Like he's, man, he's gonna ask me. He needs to ask for a raise. All these super soldiers and superheroes coming in and out of that building. He, he's not getting paid for that. The show is Red Widow, by the way. Oh, Red Widow. Okay. Uh, cool. Cheers. Um, yeah, but he's he takes more reds here as well, and they ba- the guys basically say to him that they they have to take him back. So obviously they need him back as part of the program. Um, but I guess Doctor Kozlov is 
pretty forgiving later of of um, Simpson for killing these two guys because they sort of take him away. So I don't know if they're going to kill him or they think, oh, he's, How does, he's actually really, you know, good as a super crazy soldier. So why did he take the red pills just to shoot some guys? I assumed it would be more for like a physical altercation. I think he's well, just it's, addicted. It's an addiction. Well, isn't it? Like it's well, it's kind of he's it's it's a really, really cool parallel to what real soldiers go through. Uh, I was in the military for six years mm-hmm. and uh, a lot of infantry guys, when they get into a combat situation, a lot of like, there's two ways you can come out. You can come out like, Oh man, who got shot at. That's crazy. Or you can come out like, yeah, I got shot at. Whoa. Oh, adrenaline. And I think this is what that red pill kind of symbolizes, right? It puts you, in, it puts you in that heightened adrenalized state where you've got quicker reflexes, you process information faster, but it's to the super extreme. And so he's addicted not only to the pill, but also to that feeling because he, to him, he feels like he can be better, right? Like he can be all that he can be. And so taking those pills makes him better than those two guys in his mind. And so he's faster and can kill them and so forth. And so I think that's what that is. And it's a really, it's a really cool thing because I was reading um, in the hour prep for this show um, (laughs) that the red pills actually the red pill and the blue pill is actually a it's this weird manism thing going on right now right like where the bros of the world are saying kind of use the red pill as to say a representation of all that is man right like and um so when he's taking these pills and he gets like this it's a really good analogy to that and the way that ends in this episode of how or how that is handled in this episode when he gets taken away later is great mm-hmm. because a woman takes the red pill and kicks his ass. <laughs> so yep. it's did she really kick his ass though? I thought he said he was like trying not to hurt her. I thought he wasn't purposely wasn't fighting. Well, he took more pills. Like he he took more pills and then she took pills and then it was an all out let's do this and then she forgets to breathe. I think he no, was I mean, maybe holding back a bit. I think he was holding back a bit because it was yeah, Trish. He, only he genuinely wanted... cares. But it, between Trish and Jessica, they kick his butt. Yeah, he wanted to he wanted to fight Jessica and then when Trish came out I think he didn't he didn't really fight her. I don't think he threw any punches or anything. Jessica's what he um, kicked him through the door. By the way, did she say early on that she was learning Cobb McGraw? Was that yeah. what she was saying? Yeah. She was, oh, yeah. yeah. By the way, that is a vicious martial art, mm-hmm. by the way. Yeah. Don't mess with Trish. A lot of knees uh, and breaking breaking elbow. We get that moment as well. I mean, um we should say like before this bit, this is when, you know, Jessica kind of realizes it was him that killed Clemens because he's not surprised at all when she says Clemens is dead. And then they sort of do this like little tricking back and forth. But I wanted to mention this bit because when Simmons is sitting there in that chair facing Jessica, he's got like purple lighting right on half of his face. I thought that was really cool because it almost is like, you know, almost like Kilgrave isn't in this episode, but this guy is the villain. You know, I, 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 I don't know why. I just thought it was a very cool choice. I only picked it up, you know, this time. So, so what are what are all you guys' impressions of the fact that there's purple in every episode? Like there's there's it. a hint of it because I've it. heard that as some, I've heard a lot of people criticize that as a down part of the show. Really? No, I love I it. Think yeah. I think it's I think it's to show that kind of even if Kilgrave isn't present in the show. I mean, I. I, I still think that like Simpson is a ticking like would be a ticking bomb even if Kilgrave hadn't come along. I mean I think he's there's there's something there that's that's very very damaged and I think he would have 
you know, it exploded in some way. But I think this was kickstarted because of Kilgrave, because that, yeah. that created so much paranoia um, with him. So I think that the fact that it's the purples in every, like, for instance, in this episode, even when Kilgrave isn't, is kind of a reminder that he's this presence over the entire show, which I really like. See, that's the way I took it. And I, I really like their usage of it. And it's also fun to find little Easter eggs in the show. Like, okay, well, when are they using this? Or, mm-hmm. they, or how are they using it? You know, I really like that. I think it's interesting that there's so much purple, considering they never once have called him the purple man. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they said that purple is his favorite color a couple of times. But that's about mm-hmm. as close as we've got. Maybe he'll be purple by the end of the show. Maybe. Winter, Jason. As in, as in he'll be like... Somewhere where he can't breathe. He'll be really bruised. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, we get, um, uh, once again, Jessica's alias investigation sign gets broken. <laughs> that door has a hard time. <laughs> she She's not over. getting the security deposit back for that place. I'm no. just saying. <laughs> also, when Simpson breaks like a... down the door, is very, here's Johnny from The Shining. Yeah. Very that, yeah. It was such a it was such a tense scene leading up to that fight though that um I just the, the, the suspense the the low gun to the door then Will just like repeating himself like going good good you know mm-hmm. and then Jessica figuring out like well how did you know where Kilgrave's father was where that hotel was without finding it out from Clemens you know and mm-hmm. then oh looks like you have a burn on your arm oh know. yeah and he said I didn't even feel it it's like mm-hmm. yeah yeah and that's actually reflected again when she he gets stabbed in the shoulder by Trish he's he like kind of looks at his shoulder rather than like screaming in pain yeah I think he's more shocked than hurt you know I think it's yeah. more like oh it, Trish stabbed me and yeah. it's again it's to that whole I'm doped up on these reds man I, I, I my brain is I'm in another plane of existence I'm all this man you can't hurt me yeah it's yeah. just, oh, God, finally a great fight, though. I mean, this is the gun shooting wildly, uh, furniture getting flipped around. This is even before Trish shows up, uh, this is great stuff. And I want to, I need to, I'm going to have to come back when he finishes this series, seriously. Like, oh. yeah. Just oh, wait. good. It gives me something to look forward to. <laughs> <laughs> so after this fight, uh, well, b- before this, sort of the end of the fight, this is when, you know, Trish is going to take the blue pill, which is the red pill, sorry, that she obviously kept off, off um, Simpson. And he seems genuinely worried that it will kill her, but throws the blue pills out of the window. <laughs> so she can't yeah. obviously, you know, take those and everything and says that her lungs will stop. Um, and then we get that great line. Uh, which I might say my quotes. Um, and Jessica, at one, I think to stop him, eventually repeatedly slams his head into the fridge. I was like, ow! Um, but I think it's interesting that afterwards, <laughs> yes. like, um, yeah, afterwards, uh, uh, like Trish is so pumped. She's like, yeah, I'm pumped. Yeah, I'm, you know, queen of the world. Yeah. And she's, and you're, you're really like, I don't know, like, oh crap, because you know something's going to happen. And that's when she, you know, she stops breathing. You know, so did you think I'll that give... Trish was going to die at this point, like watching it? Yes. <laughs> no, she still has to become Hellcat. <laughs> think, I don't know about this, this is Hellcat. the most Hellcat we get her be, I think. Oh. Is it? Oh, spoilers. <laughs> I said I think. I might be foiling you. Okay. <laughs> you know, I, I like the fact that when she takes that pill... He shows honest compassion for her. Yeah. He actually does care. He actually really does care. He's just doped up on red pills. Um, and so like, he really... Just like Kilgrave cares. He really cares. 
He, they do. I think they do. It's the same they thing. genuinely care, but it's com- yeah, it is the same thing. You're right, Mel. It's completely messed up. You know. Yeah. Yeah, it is absolutely bonkers. Like you know, like he and and I think and I think maybe later that'll be a if they use it that could be a very good turning point for him if he does kind of go back being a good guy mm-hmm. because of the fact that of because of his actions she had to go that far and put herself in that danger mm-hmm. so I, I think that it could be good if they use that later maybe in season two you know i don't know maybe well, this is when also you know the whole thing about saving this is when um you know trish saves jessica um and this, we get the direct kind of uh, the opposite of that in the next scene in the flashback which is when Jessica, young Jessica hears Dorothy. Oh, she's forcing Trish to like throw up. I was like, oh, it's like enforced bulimia. It's horrible. And this is when she picks up Dorothy and pretty much throws her into the wall. And we get that line, you promised not to save me. I can't help it. Yeah, it was, I mean, she really is the worst, Dorothy. She's so horrible. We're not straight up child abuse. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Worst, worst mother ever. Worst mother. Worst mother. Ugh, terrible. Uh, so Trish is in the ambulance and her heart stops, and mm. Jessica is begging for Trish to wake up, and you're like, oh, oh Trish. Jessica. I was like, yeah, my heart was in my mouth at this point. I was like, oh. and then eventually her heart starts again. It was the yeah. feels, man. The feels. The feels yeah. brought her back. <laughs> um, the, of course, the melodramatic pleading for someone's life always brings them back in comic books. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, or the or the the kiss of life <laughs> in a fairy tale. Some great Very lines true. here too. Save them. <laughs> I was worried though. I was and like, then, oh man, this is it. They're taking her away. They gave her the good episode, you know, and that it really got us to feel about Trish. And then they're gonna kill her. <laughs> that's what they do. Yeah. Um. Then in the next scene, probably my least favorite scene. Um. Sad sack Malcolm is waiting for the group. <laughs> And Robin basically tells him to stop. This is when we get the mention of uh, being a professor of Kilgraveism, which is probably the best bit of the scene, I think. Um, and she calls him Mop Top. And this is when Malcolm kind of gives up on the world and humanity. And she's like, well, there's a noose in a dumpster somewhere. So, you know, bye. So, like, <laughs> it's like, what she's happened? horrible. Yeah. So I guess she doesn't hate suicide that much. No. Um, <laughs> but... Uh, yeah, I'm um, really surprised. Oh, go ahead. I was just gonna say, isn't there a line here about something about that's not how Kilgrave works? Uh, yeah, it's um, uh, yeah, because it's saying something about anyone you know could be around and they could be. Oh, she says something like anyone could be something, and he says that's not how Kilgrave works. Yeah, and then um, I'm like, I was like, yeah, it is. Yeah, it <laughs> kind of <Like>, is. <laughs> yeah, but so you get his professor, his doctorship taken away. <laughs> <laughs> yeah exactly um, this is this is probably my one problem with this episode i just don't get it and we see later where malcolm sees his people in jessica's apartment he's just like meh he goes into his apartment it's like really i think what is what did like, jessica I, do I, that caused that you know like i said earlier in the in the season i was like at least they they give will stuff to do like they give simpson stuff to do but i really feel like once Malcolm's drug storyline is over, he hasn't got anything to do. And they yeah. they want him to do stuff and they give him stuff like to do, but 
there just there just isn't any there's nothing you care about i'm just like, i don't care you know um i, I, I like the guy who plays I malcolm understood. but i'm just like oh you know yeah i understood well, also no go ahead so i said i understood why uh yeah i understood why uh they kind of gave, made him like give up on jessica though because he keep kept being needy you know like towards her like he always wanted her approval for everything and she wouldn't give it to him. She would just ignore him and push him aside. I don't have time for you. I don't have time for you. You know, mm-hmm. and that is kind of discouraging, I guess, if you're trying to get someone's support and they're not there for you. And you're like, well, I'm not going to be there for either. You know. Yeah. But well, yeah. at the and same also, time, like, uh, yeah, he, like, I guess. <sighs> and also, he was. She was, and she, inadvertently, she was kind of an enabler because she never sobered him up, right? Like. No. She she just every time she found him passed out or whatever, she just picked him up, tossed him in his room. And then at one point she even uses him. Yeah. Like, oh, she so, uses I mean, him a few times. Yeah. So I mean well, I mean the really bad ones went at the hospital yeah. and she's and he and he's and he was like, No, just take me home, just take me home. Because he knew what was gonna happen. And she was like, nah, I, I got to do my P.I. thing. So uh, you're about to go get some uh, forced so- sobriety. And he obviously has no one else in his life. Do you know what I mean? Like nobody else that cares enough about him. Like she's the one that cares the most. And even then she doesn't care that much. Is so he that's kind of do we feel like he's going to hook up with that chick from upstairs who had the creepy brother? Mm. No, it she's seemed, horrible. It seemed like that at first, but now they no, seem she's to... a she's she is not a good person to hang out with. If she's telling you to go kill yourself, do not hang out with this person. <laughs> I'd be tricked. She's, a, a, she's a she's a straight up see you next Tuesday. But if she's you, really but is. my thing is like if you, but if you take it on that, if you take it on that sort of bent, Jessica Jones ain't good to hang out with either. No. No. Well, you know, I think if you're forced into a situation where you're forced mentally to hang yourself with another person, you're kind of tied to the other person. So if there was some sort of uh, budding relationship between Malcolm and Robin, I would I, w- I would believe it, you know, because they have well, yeah. they, they're sharing this this trauma, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I, absolutely. And, and there's only a couple of females in that group and only one of them is a prominent member of the cast. So. Yeah. I'm telling you, it can happen. I'm shipping Malcolm gonna... and Hogarth. There you go. <laughs> Malgarth. By the way, how come has there not how how has we have how have we gone this entire season so far without one Power Rangers reference? <laughs> <laughs> not a one. He I has never, not, I never not saw been... Power Rangers, but they should have referenced it. You know, like someone called well, it he... "Okay, Red Ranger" or whatever. I they did know. it in Night Zombie, just so you know. Yeah, yeah. The he was from the same RPM show and. Uh, uh, they did make a reference to it. Just and explain. and he's also in uh, the originals that vampire show. Mm-hmm. He plays a vampire in that show. Yeah. Same haircut, by the way. Same haircut. <laughs> well, course. that hair is probably getting a lot of jokes. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, you're getting a lot of jokes about the hair, so it's it's fine. <laughs> uh, so yeah, so Malcolm has seen the people uh, in Jessica's. He ignores them and just goes goes into his house. And then the meanwhile, the soldiers have arrived at Jessica's and Dr. Kozlov and collected Simpson. Um, then in the last sort of couple of scenes, Jessica gets a text from, we presume, Kilgrave, says that he ran into her boyfriend. If she hurries, she can still say goodbye. So this bit was actually spoiled for me in the next scene with the bar blowing up because there yeah. was a set video released 
of the bar blowing up and when they filmed this so I was like oh the bar's gonna blow up so I knew but she runs to Luke's they look at each other through the window he closes the window and the bar explodes and then uh, Jessica puts the the fire out on him and they kind of stare at each other lovingly Bow, why did that happen when do you think that was love <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah his love his love. very complicated exchange of uh, like a mm-hmm. glance it was like a very complicated oh, I thought you meant Luke I thought you meant was it love that his, that his <laughs> love for her blew up the bar now I thought that's what you meant he was so in love when he saw her that it went bang and blew up oh, oh, no, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> if there's if there's any feelings in that look at all it's in stain because that's all he had left mm-hmm. that's all he had left yeah. I'm just wondering then, why the bar blew up well, you'll find out, Matt. But you'll, you'll have to find out. The next episode. Well, yeah. obviously, it's something to do with with Kilgrave because Kilgrave was like, "Oh, I saw your boyfriend. If you hurry, you can say goodbye." So no, maybe... unknown said that. Unknown texted her. <laughs> Damn it. Yeah, yeah. So I've written down. I'm like, oh come on. on. Who else would be texting her such things? I don't know. The Punisher. There we go. The Punisher. <laughs> Ruben from Beyond the Grave. <laughs> Kilgrave. I just so like we have to like set up like we have to find out what's what happened during this episode from Kilgrave's point of view because he's missing all through this episode and suddenly he's got a bomb he knows about Luke like what what has he been doing all this time and did he even know about Luke because not, well you you I watched out, the first yeah, he did didn't you, he take a picture of them together no Kilgrave like, didn't take pictures but Malcolm well, may Mal- have and given yeah, them yeah. to yeah 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 Kilgrave. but he saw the picture did, I don't I don't remember them Seeing, like I, re- I I watched the like I said I watched the first few episodes of Jessica this week and uh, uh, she she was actually worried that perhaps Luke uh, was in trouble after she discovered these photos are being taken of her but she said something about there's no photos of Luke so I don't have to like warn him you know I just have to stay away from him I we don't, don't know I mean maybe there were pictures of Luke but Kilgrave got rid of them we don't know but yeah I don't him, know maybe in another episode. and also. And also, there were in, there are also instances of them together throughout the early parts of the series doing stuff. So, I mean, either he didn't Malcolm didn't necessarily have to take the pictures. It could mm-hmm. have been Kilgrave to see them because mm-hmm. you know because Kil again they do a really good job of making Kilgrave this really omnipresent sort of figure because of his ability to literally walk by some bozo in the street and go and say, "Hey, follow Jessica Jones," and they're like, "All right," and they mm-hmm. just go. I'm assuming Luke went after Kilgrave after he discovered uh, the whole thing with Jessica. He told Jessica she was a piece of shit, and we haven't seen her, seen him since. So he's been on a one-man crusade to find Kilgrave and take him down. He got tangled up with Kilgrave, and then his then his place got bombed. And, and yeah. no, I'm thinking Kilgrave told him to like, hey, blow up your bar with like a gas leak or something. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <clears throat> Yeah. Yeah. Oh, got something in my throat. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Well, Uh, there's two more episodes of this. (laughs) Two more episodes to go, guys. So we'll find out. So that was that's the end of that episode. Um, Now it's time for Easter egg because there's only one. (laughs) So I hope you guys aren't hungry because tough. (laughs) I've only got one Easter egg for you. Uh, it's a very little one, which is that the list of names at the morgue, um, the only ones that apparently people have sort of found any any match to are two of them, which were Jonathan Chibnall and Michael New, uh, who were editors who worked on episodes of Daredevil and Jessica Jones. But as far as people can tell, the rest don't mean anything. So. 
it's not very exciting Easter egg. I'm sorry. (laughs) (laughs) But who is Katia Hortense? But we do get Katia's red wig, which obviously (laughs) Hellcat has red hair, so that's cool. So that's one. Oh yeah. Is it actual red hair? Is it wig? It's a. It's the wiggiest wig ever. (laughs) What is Hellcat? I think it's her actual hair. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. It's not the the wiggiest wig we've ever seen. So now it is time to do quotes. Who would like to go first? My first one I have written down is who pay for my truck? <laughs> Aww. I have one, which is uh, <laughs> when Jessica uh, quotes the Joker and says, what doesn't kill us uh, makes us stronger or makes us stranger. Kind of quotes the Joker a bit. That's cool. Strong. Yeah. Uh, what else do we have? Oh, oh, we have one by Robin as well, which is, at best, they're assholes. At worst, they're zombie assassins. Patsy, saved from child abuse. (laughs) I just really like her. I just really like her laying it on Patsy. It's really good. The mum is the worst. She's, even though I love the actress, (laughs) she's so horrible. Right, so shall we do some feedback? I've sent you in a voicemail, Robin. Just going to turn it up. Defenders podcast this morning. I just finished up. I've got the blues. Thought I'd send you my thoughts. So the things I liked about this episode, I love the backstory on Trish and Jessica because I think it explains a bit more fully why they are so close to each other and what they mean to each other. And it showed us the um, moment when Jessica first realized she had her incredible strength. So that was kind of neat. And I really liked seeing Luke. Anytime Luke reappears on screen, I am a happy girl. I just <laughs> love that guy. Um, even if it was only for a few seconds at the very end of the episode. But I have to say, I don't particularly enjoy any of the screen time devoted to Simpson. And he was here a lot. Sure, there was an epic fight between him and Jessica. But his whole storyline of being super soldier and being single in his desire to kill Kelgrave has just worn very thin for me because when you really think about it, Kelgrave having mind controlled him at one point, he doesn't really have any other personal reason to be so single minded in his determination to kill this guy. I mean, it's kind of weird. Um, so I perceive him mostly as a hurdle, an obstacle in Jessica's way toward actually reconciling things with Kelgrave. And I, I just don't find him interesting. And I don't find. Um, any of his attraction to Triss remote, remotely uh, interesting. So, yeah, that just left me cold. Um, similarly, I feel the same way about Robin and her screen time. All she served to do was disillusion Malcolm and make him less likely to help Jess. So, that didn't make me happy. As an aside, I thought it was kind of funny that her front um, window has been broken again. I, I mean, on her door, <laughs> you know, with her... With her uh, Private eye signage on it. That's broken yet again. I'm sure we're going to see cardboard next week, <laughs> just like we did back at the beginning of the series, probably. <laughs> cardboard instead of glass. And as to Kilgrave's behavior, okay. All right. I guess he's pissed with Jessica because, well, she's trying to kill him and she's rejected him and he's hurt, I suppose. I don't know. And is that why he's trying to lash out at at Luke? Is that his motive? Um, I don't know at this point. It just seems kind of thin. And I'm trying to understand exactly how this played out. So, Kilgrave, what, wired up Luke's place with C4 or got Luke to do that? And then triggered it? 
that? I don't even know. I don't, yeah, that part just was. He's saying Luke, the motive is in terms of bothering to try to take him out. That part I don't understand in terms of. So, um, for me, anyway, this one left me difficult. Um, all right, I'm just going to give it five out of ten. Superheroes who misidentify their liver as being located on the left side of their abdomen. <laughs> all right, until next time. Bye. Thanks, Moira. I was looking forward to if she had any comments about Jessica's injuries. <laughs> um, we've got an email from Heidi. I've put it in Skype if someone wants to read it. Hey, guys. Oh, wow. Hey. <laughs> oh, wow. That is harsh. I've just found out about her family. Yes, it is. Jess has, is hallucinating and walking in front of trucks. I actually wasn't sure the purple man wasn't Kilgrave until it showed him. He hasn't got David Tennant's walk. No, he didn't. That's true. I was confused, though. (laughs) (laughs) I love the flashbacks in this one. It's great to see how Jess and Trish got to where they are. We see Jess discover her powers. Trish's mother is truly horrible. Is Will taking Hulk pills? This is certainly not the way I pictured the storyline going at all. Now Trish is a superhero... It seems like I heard or read somewhere that she's a hero in the comics, but maybe I'm wrong. I was waiting for the explosion at the end, but I still jumped when it happened. Now is Luke going to be in on the hunt for Kilgrave? Only a couple episodes left. Until next time, Heidi. Thanks, Heidi. He already has been. So I think I can say this for for me and Claire. Just just watch the next two episodes. Just, Mm. Just do it. Uh, then we've got one email from Nutty. Um, Nutty sent us feedback for the last six episodes, I think, in advance because she couldn't wait. Simpson went from a cool ally to a scary, uncontrollable component. His motivations aren't able to be his own once he's on those red pills. But this gives us the great scene with Trish going all Hellcat. Maybe. Loved it! The flashbacks were great. You really feel the sisterly love between the girls. You see how they didn't really like each other at the start and how they basically need each other. I love it. From Nuchas. Thank you. I love that she sent us all her feedback way in advance. Thanks, Nutty. Thanks, Nutty. So now it's time to do (laughs) scores. Um, Jason, what would you like to score this out of 10? And if you want to give it a wacky uh, rating, you can. Actually, Robin, you can go first because... So, you know, you can rate it and then just get an idea of how we do it. Um, I love this episode. Uh, It was definitely a huge step up from the previous episode. Uh, Apparently, according to the feedback, that is like a mixed thing. I, I, of course, am a big uh, proponent for Jessica having other things to work on besides Kilgrave. And it was cool that uh, she's got this like mini boss that she's working (laughs) fighting against. And, uh, uh, and and just, I don't know, all the Trish Trish and Jessica feels. It's just great stuff. Uh, like I said before, the only downfall of this episode is Malcolm's motivation. I just don't get it. Um, so I'm giving it uh, 9.5 out of 10 rock flautists. <laughs> Jason, what would you like to give this episode out of 10? I think, see, my, see, I think here's my problem. I've seen the entire thing, so... Mm-hmm. It's difficult. I, I it is, is difficult. This is, this is this is a good episode. It is. But I don't think it's the best. Honestly, I think some of the earlier episodes are far better. Um, mm-hmm. 
Plus, we get more Kilgrave, more Luke, and all that good stuff. But I, I, I still think this is a really good episode because it does fill in the backstory. So I'm going to give it seven baked potato ribs out of ten. <laughs> <laughs> nice. nice one. Matt? Yeah. It's coming. Uh, <laughs> I liked it a lot. Um, I can't really remember all my thoughts on it. Uh, <laughs> what were my <Same>. thoughts? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I'll just give it a 9 out of 10 mom-assisted purges. Oh! <laughs> oh. Uh, Mel! Hey, I agree with a lot of what Moira said. I didn't... There was, like, those parts of the episode I guess I didn't like. But I don't think I hated it as much as she did. I'm gonna give it a... I still enjoyed, like, enjoyed parts of the episode. So, um, I'm gonna give it an 8 out of 10 uh, heart-stopping reds. <laughs> um and i yeah i enjoyed the episode i don't think it's it's um one of my favorites i like that they're still keeping things with simpson uh interesting in my opinion which is cool um whereas with malcolm and robin i'm just like oh go away um particularly with malcolm i just don't care about this this thing with him which is a shame because i do like the, the the actor and i i found him more interesting earlier in the season um, it was cool to see Trish and Jessica's kind of origin with their relationship. That was really cool. Um, but yeah, it's, yeah, I don't know. I miss, I miss Kilgrave and Luke and, and Hogarth. Uh, I don't know, but I, you know, it was, it was fine. I'm going to give it eight out of 10, um, eight out of 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10. Oh crap. I've taken too many red pills. <laughs> that's uh 8.3 for the average cool so thank you so much for guesting at very short notice jason eh, that's what i do i derail conversations into places that people didn't think they would go like leonardo dicaprio <laughs> like remember listeners tell us what what marvel character leonardo dicaprio should play <laughs> Uh, that's great. Nettie <laughs> hears this episode, she's gonna be like, "Oh my god!" <laughs> oh <laughs> no! Well, now is the chance for you to pimp yourself as to where people can find you. So, where can people find you if they want to hear more from you online, uh, or, or even your home address <clears throat> if you want? It's up to you. <laughs> well, if you guys want to come to Southwestern Virginia to find me, hey, by all means, it'll give me something <laughs> to do. Um, but no. You guys can find me on my podcast at the Talk Nerdy to Me podcast.com. It's uh, Talk Nerdy to Me, the number two. Um, also, I'm on Twitter uh, and uh, yeah, and on Facebook. And um, it's uh, Facebook.com slash nerdy to me. So, uh, and it's always the number two because um, mm-hmm. I thought I was smart uh, when I did that. <laughs> it cool. it is I even cool. thought I was being you. I thought I was being unique when I named my podcast Talk Nerdy to Me. And then I found out there's a billion of them, but it's all good. It's all good. <laughs> <laughs> oh no we'll, yeah. we'll put a, a link to, um, I guess to the Facebook page or to something in the show notes yeah so people can find it that would be really cool thanks well, yeah, Jason no, hey it's all good and Robin if you want to talk about Supernatural or not Supernatural but Smallville we can I, I, main, I mainline the hell out of that show oh, for some I terrible reason I mean you need to talk about <laughs> Constantine yeah because I really like that show me too like yeah yeah we'll talk about it um, uh, I didn't want to plug myself this this week i wanted to definitely plug our sister show defenders tv podcast who just mm-hmm. started their coverage of agent carter yay, and I'm like, yay i get to we listen love to those their guys. show now. we love those guys and 
loved the first episode and it's awesome because England is behind on Agent Carter. So that means that I can be lazy about uh, keeping up with my DVR and just watch it along with you guys. Well, I'm uh, not behind because I have a very nice uncle. Who... <laughs> well, okay. I love the first episode and uh, they made many references to the X-Files and they were positive. So that wins me over. Hey, and I love Agent Carter. Thing, I love it. It's great. Hey, the best thing to come out of Agents of Shield was Agents of uh, 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 Agent Carter. So. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> yeah, I agree. Agents of Shield is not good. Oh, it's I'm high fiving you through the internet, Jason, because I can agree 100. Don't don't let people lie to you and tell you that show's good. It's not. It's bad. Yeah. Super bad. It has its moments. That's all I say. I'm just gonna say <laughs> Agents of, Agent Carter. Sorry, has Clarence Bodicut from RoboCop there my point is made awesome <laughs> although the Agent- guy from the x-files episode grotesque <laughs> although agents of shield did have karma glocken so yeah yeah anyway. and they did have tiff they did have tiff mm. i'll give them they did have tiff <laughs> um but you know like people, people can like different things you know some people are wrong though you know so sorry robin <laughs> oh that that person you're probably talking about was everybody but me yeah, 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 it was, yeah. But yeah, big, sh- big shout out to Defenders TV Podcast because yeah. we love those guys. They're the best. And um, I I'm, I haven't started listening to their um, Agent Carter coverage yet, but I am going to because, yeah, because they're really cool. And we don't we don't generally talk about it. But uh, now, did you want to plug anything, Matt, Mel, and Robin? Robin, you said you didn't want to plug yourself, but yep, Matt and Mel? Go. <laughs> oh, Matt and Mel have to go. So they're yeah. going to plug the fact they have to run. Okay, cool. Uh, I think Matt did a um, covered the Terminator film uh, Salvation recently, which is on the What We Make podcast. So I just mentioned that for him, uh, which is a Terminator podcast. Oh, I'm still here. Okay. Oh, you're still here. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm plugging. I'm plugging you for you, Matt, because I'm so nice. <laughs> um, but anyway, next week our episode is going to be AKA take a bloody number however i will say the original title of next week's episode was aka jewel and the power man yeah quick, quick thoughts what do you think it's going to be about take a bloody number it's going to be jessica goes to, to a butcher and she wants to get some fresh meat <laughs> and she has to take a bloody number and what's wait, really, wait what's really sad if you take that in the worst possible way it's kind of right because <laughs> if, yeah. you think, if you put your mind in the gutter and you know what this episode's about, it's kind of right. I think we're going to get sure our Luke Cage, uh, Jessica Jones fight finally. It's going to be awesome. And then in the finale, uh, Kilgrave takes some red pills and we get some, a super fight between Jessica and Kilgrave at the end. And then he can't breathe and he dies. Yeah. Yeah. Leonardo DiCaprio shows. Not, not saying as, anything. Uh, Mr. Fantastic. Yeah, Leonardo DiCaprio is playing Mr. Oh, Fantastic. man. You know, not saying anything. We will find out I next week. Is, Claire, I think this is why you do this because when he makes these predictions and you're just sitting there going, I don't know. E- I, I'm just sitting here laughing e- evilly, like with my evil cackle, pretty much. But uh, Jason, I should tell you as well, it's our tradition that our guest takes us out of the episode. We finish the episode with an Excelsior in honor of Stan Lee. So would you be able to give us your best Stan Lee impression with an Excelsior? Excelsior! Oh, that was good. Yay! you next week, guys. Bye. 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 Excelsior. Thank you for listening. You can comment and send feedback to us by emailing defenderspod at gmail.com. You can find us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash defenderspodcast 
or on Twitter at Defenders Pod. Defenders Podcast is created under a Creative Commons Attribution Non-Commercial No Derivatives 3.0 Unported International License. That means you can share it, you can send it to your friends, you just can't make any money off of it. You can't change it and you have to link back to us and our site. Excelsior!